What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family. Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty. Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Sanderson, and I sure do appreciate you listening in this week. I have an important, important episode for you. Possibly the most important episode I've put out in the uh, the three plus years of doing this podcast. Mental health is an issue that has affected my family deeply over the last few years. Both of our teenage daughters have battled depression, anxiety, ADHD, and other conditions. Fortunately, uh, we're in a fa- position that we've been able to get them treatment and medication to help them cope. For those dealing with mental health concerns, the last couple of years have been particularly difficult. And I've said it a number of times that the long-term impact of this COVID pandemic on our mental and emotional health will be severe and will be felt for years, I think. One of the most difficult things in dealing with these conditions is the stigma that it is not okay to talk about them. Folks, that needs to change. My guest this week has been speaking out on social media lately about his own struggles with depression. So when he contacted me about coming back on the show to talk about it, it was an absolute no-brainer. Houston's Eric Dalton from At Dalton Eats is coming right up. But first, have you heard about the best sauce on the planet? Folks, I've been telling you about Sticky Fix from Motley Q for a while now. Recently named the 2021 best sauce on the planet at the American Royal World Series of Barbecue Sauce Contest, Sticky Fix will be your new go-to, perfect for the whole family. Believe me when I say this stuff goes great on everything, from quick grilled chicken to a 16-hour slow-smoked pork butt. Joe and Jess from Motley Q are mainstays on the Canadian competition barbecue scene, and their years of culinary and competition experience shine through in all of their products. They put lots of time and careful attention into each item, and they love how barbecue brings people together. Barbecue is a big part of their family, and they want to help everyone make it a part of theirs too. Motley Q sauces and seasonings are crafted to deliver high-quality flavor to all barbecue dishes. From beef, chicken, and pork to wild game and vegetables, they've got a sauce or seasoning fit for any dish or occasion. Visit motleyq.ca, that's M-O-T-L-E-Y-Q-U-E dot C-A, to see the full lineup and get your bottle of the best sauce on the planet. Listeners of the Eat More Barbecue podcast can use the discount code EATMOREQ to save 15% off your order. That's discount code E-A-T-M-O-R-E-Q-U-E at motleyq.ca. Mental health is something that has impacted my family over the last few years in the form of depression, anxiety, and other conditions. And it is something that I wanted to have a discussion about on the podcast. Not because I'm any expert on the matter, far from it, but to try and normalize talking about it. There continues to be a stigma around talking about mental health. And I believe the more we get it out there, the more that stigma will be diminished. My guest this week posted on Instagram recently about his struggles with depression and how the barbecue community has helped him. So when he reached out to me about coming back on the podcast to talk about it, I jumped at the chance. Welcome back to the podcast from Houston, Texas, Eric Dalton from At Dalton Eats. Eric, uh, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm uh, happy to be back and kind of agree with what you just said. It's it's definitely something that a lot of people don't talk about and yeah. there's definitely a stigma associated with it. So I think hearing it from different perspectives or different people that you wouldn't anticipate struggling with will hopefully shed some light and, 
you know, get people to reach out for help that they may have wanted for a long time or really honestly need at some point. Yeah, yeah definitely. We'll, we'll get into kind of your, your story and, uh, the role that barbecue has played in that. Uh, but recently, I guess we just, it was kind of late last year, uh, November, I think we had you on the show. So folks uh, probably familiar, but maybe give it just a quick update on your your background and uh, the barbecue side of things for you. Sure, sure. So I'm actually not a uh, barbecue pit master by trade. Nope. Uh, went to pharmacy school in Nashville, Tennessee, where I received my doctor of pharmacy uh, at Belmont University in Nashville prior yep. to pursuing some postgraduate residency training here in Houston mm-hmm. at Memorial Harmon, which is a big medical center here. Yep. Um, during that time, obviously, we'll, we'll discuss it, I'm sure, a little bit mm-hmm. more in depth, but kind of had some struggles with mental health, really more depression than anything. Yep. And yep. that was kind of the start of my barbecue journey, realizing like, this is something I love. And this is definitely something that's helped me, you know, progress both as a as an individual, but along with other people in the community from, you know, making connections, building a family, but then also helping my own mental health. So I've come a long way um, over the years and both barbecue and the barbecue family has definitely helped me along the way. That's awesome. Uh, Since we last talked, uh, Christmas and all and holidays were good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Being in a hospital, obviously there's, there's no such thing as days off. No. Um, worked some of the holidays, but you know, not all of them. Got to make some awesome barbecue for other people who, all knowingly, probably didn't want to cook. So hey, that's where I come into play. Right. I'm all all for it. Hey, I, I entice brisket for Thanksgiving or Christmas, yep. in my opinion. Yep. Um, definitely a very Texas thing, but. Um, yeah, I got to spend time with family and, awesome. you know, I worked for other people so that they could spend time with their family, you know, nice. something I can do now. So I might as well. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, I saw just, was it last weekend? You had a little, a uh, little hunting trip. It looked like a good time. I did. I did. So, uh, this past weekend, um, actually this probably would be a good segue. So, um, I was invited and almost the, actually it was a year ago on Saturday, mm-hmm to do this catering for this bachelor party. There was like a last minute cancellation okay, and yep. I was kind of given the opportunity. They're like, Hey, you know, this is, we have 15 dudes who love to eat. Is this something you can do? And I said, you know, absolutely. Like this is right up my alley. I enjoy doing this. And that was actually my first, honestly, the first thing that really pushed me into barbecuing, ideally, hopefully as a profession right. one day. Yep. Um, it was my first opportunity. I loved it. So I got invited to, come back out again but as one of the guys right uh to do some hunting and and of course do some barbecuing of course yeah um so we you know spent some time on the ranch prepping it got to shoot some deer dove quail okay um and as a side note we do use everything that we shoot outstanding perfect Perfect, yeah um but yeah it was it was a great time got to meet new people represent a ton of canadian barbecue for those out there the barrel boss Um, uh, queue fired up i saw yeah yeah, not only that, but a lot of the actual Canadian barbecue products, Reed's, Junior and the Kid, right. Tomahawk, nice. um, all those. So got to represent some of those and then obviously put my own Texas spin on it. Excellent, excellent. Speaking of representing, I uh, after our conversation and your recommendation, ordered some of that barbecue rub down. Uh, Perfect. Got the sample pack and uh, gave it a run on some brisket uh, this past weekend and uh, excellent stuff. So really enjoyed it. So thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, 
thanks for the absolutely. recommendation there. So. Absolutely. You know, I, I tell people if I'm, I'm giving you a rack, it's because I genuinely love it, not yep. because they're, you know, paying me under the table or something. Yep. I was telling somebody today, he asked me how it was, and I I suggested that uh, I, I really enjoyed it, but may have gone a little heavy with the uh, with the, the rub on the brisket because some folks in the family thought it might be a, maybe a little too pepper, peppery, but uh, oh well. Hey, I mean, every, everyone's got their own taste buds. And yep. honestly, that's, you know, some people love it, some people don't. And that's part of the experiment. Yeah, indeed. Awesome. So maybe, uh, as you said, a good segue with the hunting trip, uh, kind of get into your uh, your story with the, uh, the depression. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. So um, I started a residency June of 2020. Um, I was a licensed pharmacist at the time, residency mm-hmm. for pharmacists. Um, is really a way to develop our career, both in a professional and educational standpoint. So the thought is that residency gives us a couple years of experience, you know, after one year kind of sets us apart from some of the rest. Okay. Um, for those of you that don't know what residency is like, it's working three, four, five times as hard as anybody in that regular position as okay. you know, an inpatient pharmacist for a lot less pay, which it's not really the ultimate goal, but it, mm-hmm. the goal is to obviously learn a bunch, right? You know, on average, we're working six days a week, anywhere between 10 to 13 hours a day at the hospital on top of a couple hours a day at home right. in preparation for the next morning. So, you know, reading journal articles, staying up to date, following our patients and so forth. Yep. Um, on top of that, you know, a lot of projects, presentations, meetings um, every day. So it, it can obviously get very, very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, for me as an individual, I don't have a family history of any type of mental health, um, not at least in my direct family nor in family in the past that I could think of. Um, and probably about three months in, so it was actually right around my birthday in September, I started to notice that I just wasn't enjoying things. Um, I was going to work and kind of just going through the motions. I found myself almost not even caring, which is really terrible to say as someone in the medical field Mm -hmm. where, and really any field where, you know, we're, our role is to care for people and we're ultimately there to make sure that people are improving and getting out of the hospital. ultimately. And I was noticing that I wasn't taking my responsibilities seriously. And I almost didn't care about the repercussions, which, I mean, we've only discussed a couple of times, but for the people that do know me, that is very opposite of my personality. I take everything to a hundred, 150% all the time. Yep. So it was something that I was definitely struggling with. Um, had a couple of mental breakdowns uh, during some rotations which was very off the wall for me, not, not in the normal whatsoever. Um, and it was kind of at that point where I was like, something just doesn't seem right. Maybe it's residency. Maybe I'm tired. I don't know what it is. So fast forward for the next couple of weeks, just try to, you know, get myself back into the routine and really just focus on doing what I normally do. But over those weeks, I found that I lost interest in things even outside of work. Okay. Um, I wasn't enjoying working out. I didn't really want to see people. Um, I was sleeping 
obscene amounts of hours, not even from the lack of um, <laughs> sleep during residency, right. but also is almost like a telltale of depression. You know, people tend to sleep more often, lose energy and stuff like that. And during that time, I found that barbecue was actually the only thing that I was enjoying. So I was going out of my way and probably cooking obscene amounts of food, which for my wife and I is definitely way too much pounds and pounds and pounds of food because it was really the only thing I enjoyed doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So as I kind of progressed, I, at that point, I was like, you know, this is something that's definitely helping and I need to hold myself accountable. So that was ultimately the develop of Dalt Meets Instagram. I realized like, this is something that will force me to stay on track um, force me to continue to do something I enjoy, whether it's, you know, one to three hours a week, um, and having to post and do stuff like that. It was, it was a way of staying connected, um, which was great for me because I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. So during all of that time during residency, um, with the continued, in my opinion, I felt like a lack of motivation, the mental breakdowns, I realized that I need to take a step back, yep. um, which is very hard for me to do. I'm a go, go, go person. Mm-hmm. And my preceptors are great. They helped me along the way, made sure I got the help I needed. Um, and I ended up taking off about three weeks of residency, okay. which is kind of, unheard, which is very unheard of. Right. Um, went to physicians, went to psychiatrists, I saw a therapist and essentially got the help I needed, which is very important part, you know, talking Mm -hmm. to people, um, started on medications that would help me over the course of time. Mm -hmm. And during that time, you know, went back to work, started to be successful again, started to find my personality again. And a lot of people even said, you know, you seem like a completely different person Mm -hmm. and it's not something I would have ever noticed how they not gotten help that yeah. I needed. Yep. And through all of that, through the start of, you know, adult meets and everything, I started to develop this barbecue family and Good. they've been uh, an integral part of, you know, not only my progression through my acute phase of depression and forward, but even to today, I stay mm-hmm. in contact with people. It's it's a tight knit community. I, honestly, at this point, I would say I'm half Canadian barbecue, even though I've never been up to Canada. We'll get you up my, here. We'll my shelf is here. slowly turning into Canadian barbecue products. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was, and I want the, the one thing I really wanted to point out is, you know, as a medical professional, I know what signs and symptoms mm-hmm. and telltales to look for. So I was able to recognize it yeah, really nice. early on. Nice. Yep. But a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And that's where I tell people, you know, even if you're not sure, you know, you have questions, something doesn't seem right. There are plenty of other people out there, you know, yep. whether that's therapists, psychiatrists, or even other people like myself that have gone through it, that, you know, we could share our experience. Talking is a, huge component of Mm -hmm. this condition or disease or whatever you want to call it. And the more you talk, the better it is. And ideally the less stigma that we can develop along with it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Eric. It's uh, um, not, not easy. I'm sure. So, um, yeah. So, 
as you said, it just kind of, when it came on for you, it was something new for you. That's something you hadn't experienced. Uh, now that you've kind of been through it a little bit, looking back, do you see anything from earlier in you know your life that maybe signs you wouldn't have recognized oh. back then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started, once I started to recognize things, mm-hmm. I started going back probably closer during like pharmacy school where stress started to get, right. you know, it ramped up a little bit, you know, your life kind of gotten thrown out of like your, your normal. So if yeah. you had a routine, COVID is definitely something that mm-hmm. is probably affecting everyone, you know, from a social standpoint, yes. from a physical standpoint, if you've dealt with it, if you haven't dealt with it and going back probably almost six months to a year, I started mm-hmm. seeing, things that I was like, oh, wow, that was definitely probably an early onset symptom that I never really recognized, Mm -hmm. Um, which is is why I say if you start to feel different, if you feel like something's off, or if you have friends that even say like, hey, you've been a little bit different recently, you know, go talk to someone. Mm -hmm. Like, it's definitely going to help you get anything off your chest. It'll help you talk about it. And it might give you that insight to where you're like, oh, wow, maybe there is something going on that Mm -hmm. I didn't know was occurring. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, certainly, uh, maybe you can touch on a little more, some signs for folks to watch for. And saying that, uh, and I mentioned to you when we were texting, um, both of our daughters have battled their own uh, issues with mental health over the last few years. Uh, pre-COVID, and certainly that hasn't hasn't helped, as you mentioned. And Definitely not. I think uh, certainly for my wife and I, there were signs that we we missed earlier on. That you know maybe if we'd have been more aware, that could have got on got ahead of it sooner, right? Uh, yeah, and and, it, and it's it's hard too because it's you know it's not something, and I think the thing that people struggle with in general about it is that there's not a blood test. Like mm-hmm. we can't test for anything. There's no cultures. There's yeah. no readings. Like there are hypertension mm-hmm. or lipid levels. Like there are dyslipidemia. Yeah. So it's hard to say like oh well you do or don't have this. And there are plenty of people out there, and you know I have close friends who know me. Um, some medical, obviously plenty that aren't, and yeah. there, you know, some people will just say like, just feel better. Yeah. And, 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 in all honesty, that's not how the disease works. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people think that it's a matter of like, oh, you just feel like crap or you're not feeling good, just feel better. And that's yeah. not what it is. You know, if, if we had a way to test, um, there are definitely some chemicals in our brain that would be off. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately we can't test that. So we yeah. can't say like, oh, these numbers are lower than they should be, or oh, these numbers are higher. But if we had a way to really quantify it, we would definitely be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that stigma probably you know, presents itself the most is because we don't really have any physical way of saying you do or don't have it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm certainly guilty of that. I know with our older daughter, uh, it's something we've talked about. I remember, you know, talking to her about, you know, just make making a choice to be happy or to be positive. Yeah. And, uh, certainly looking back now, I can see that that, you know, it wasn't, she wasn't choosing, uh, it wasn't a choice for her. It's just was the situation she was in that she couldn't, 
make those choices. Yeah, right? and, so. and and saying that, and even to you, it's like you know, you should never feel guilty. Like it's it's hard to go back and be like, mm-hmm. wow, there was something going on, and I didn't recognize it. But you know, I've been guilty of that with other people, and mm-hmm. I know what to look for. Yeah. My parents also kind of struggled with the idea that. I was going down this hole essentially yeah. because I'm a very happy go lucky yeah. person yep. and to see me struggling on multiple facets is very difficult. And even then I started medications and, you know, we actually had a conversation. To, I think it was yesterday where they're like, Oh, well, what's the plan? I thought you were going to be off of them. And you know, it's, it's not something where it's like, once we hit this goal, we stop, you're good. Yeah. It's a, you know, you have to come off of them slowly. You have to make sure that you are feeling right. You're in a good environment. Um, And I actually have stopped recently. Um, I actually stopped my medications about a week and a half ago because Mm -hmm. I was in a place where I could do it. Um, And that kind of brings me back to one of the things I was actually going to say was, you know, a lot of this can be situational Mm -hmm. or environmental causes, whether that's situational COVID and not seeing friends, if it's environmental and residency was my environment, you know, it's very hard. I dealt with a lot of things and I actually now work for a completely different, although still Memorial Herman, Mm -hmm. different hospital and 30 minutes North and being in a new environment has helped me dramatically. Yes. Um, I enjoy going to work. I enjoy the people I work with. I'm laughing and joking all day. And, and I think that's something where it's hard for a lot of people. Like, you know, you recognize that something is not right. Something is not making you happy. And I understand where, you know, it's hard to make a change, whether it's some, you know, you've been in a place for, multiple years or you're not at a point in your life where you can change, but sometimes you do have to make that harder decision and be like, my health is more important than whatever I'm doing. And I I think if there's one thing I could say, I think that's the thing that people should probably try to focus on the most your health, whether that's physical or emotional is above all else, the most important. And you're talking about environment, uh, with our older daughter, high school, uh, as, as we all remember, but I think, you know, even more so for, uh, for females, uh, is a bit of a nightmare sometimes. Um, she, she graduated high school last year and, um, is going to college now doing, studying what she wants to do. Uh, and as you talked about for yourself, uh, she stopped taking her meds, uh, in the fall and sh- she's doing much better. Not, not a hundred percent, of course, but uh, yeah. so I think the, the the environment, the situation she was in, was certainly a big part of it. And just folks, for the record, I did talk to both of my daughters before this podcast and got their okay to discuss their situations. So I'm not uh, not speaking out of school, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah we don't realize what those situations and I looking back at uh, different times in my life where I was in a maybe a work situation that wasn't ideal and until I got out of that situation didn't realize how much it was affecting me yeah and and like I said it's hard to recognize and even me I struggle with it like Mm -hmm. there's definitely days where I'm like 
today's not a good day. It's going to be good. And mm-hmm. actually, those are probably the days where I go home like, you know what? I'm going to cook something. Yeah. Today's going to be the night that I make something. Yeah. And and I and I tell this to people all the time when you when you find something that you really enjoy that can, you know, give you that passion. You know it. I have multiple people. And actually, over this past weekend, I had someone that's like, you know, we know you're a pharmacist and we know you did all this training, but they're like, when you talk about barbecuing, they're like, we can tell that that's your passion. Like, you could talk about it for hours and we could see the fire in your eyes, essentially. And there's, there's days where, you know, if I have to get up and on like six or seven hours of sleep and go to work, I'm like, this is terrible. But yep. if you're like, Hey, by the way, you got to go check on your brisket in three hours yep. and wake up at four. Then you're like, let's do it. Like, yep. I can't wait. This is going to be awesome. Let's see how it turned out. Yeah. So pulling pull, pull an all nighter to cook a brisket isn't so bad some days, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. My family thinks I'm crazy. I'll set up a tent in the backyard and camp out there overnight, uh, cooking. So See, that's, that's, I'm telling you, you just need to get yourself a barrel because yeah. I'm, I've gotten to that point now where I get that thing going and I go to sleep and yeah. I'll sleep like a baby for like six hours and wake up knowing it's right where I want it to be. Yeah. That's uh yeah, that's the, the, the downside of the, of my offset is the, uh, needing to check it every hour or so. So, and as, as I get, hey, as I get older, those, as I get older, those overnighters are a little, uh, tougher and tougher to get, get to recover from. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally sure. Yeah. Yeah. I got the, uh, the big five Oh coming here in a couple of months. So it's, uh, then don't bounce back the way we used to. So. And it's sad too, because <laughs> I'm 31 and I still, I already feel like that. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh man, it's, it's gonna, it's not going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> wait, just wait, man. Just wait. Coming up after the break, Eric and I talk about some of the signs we can watch for to recognize potential mental health concerns in our loved ones. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Pitt County Barbecue, who is bringing authentic North Carolina-style whole hog barbecue north of the border to Alberta and Canada. Based out of Edmonton with the ability to travel, Pitt County Barbecue will come to your event and cook an entire pig on-site using their custom-built cooker designed by owner and pitmaster Peter Zakuski. Specializing in corporate catering and private events, Pitt County Barbecue brings a unique regional barbecue dining experience. From North Carolina chopped barbecue pork to Piedmont-style coleslaw, trust me when I say you've never tasted anything like this before. The meat is so good you don't even need sauce. Peter is truly inspired by the South. His attention to detail and quality is second to none. From delicious food to amazing customer service, make sure to book Pitt County Barbecue for your next event. Also, check out their recent web series, Friends of the Pit, on YouTube, and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. To book your event, visit their website at pittcountybbq.com. That's P-I-T-T-C-O-U-N-T-Y-B-B-Q.com. For folks that, uh, I guess you said you're fortunate enough that you had that medical training uh, and were able to recognize those signs early on. What are, for folks that don't have that, what are some things we can watch for in our loved ones, friends, family? Yeah, uh, Absolutely. So I would say the biggest ones that you're going to see is honestly, probably an overall demeanor change. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, you, and this is something that physicians will tell you is like, you know, your, whether it's son, daughter, significant other, the best. So we're ultimately relying on you. So if you have someone who is 
a very happy person, outgoing, talking, you know, doing a lot of big things. And you see a big change in their personality or their demeanor. So, mm-hmm. for example, if you had someone who's super outgoing, talkative, you know, likes to be that quote unquote center of attention and yeah. you find them like kind of being more resilient not wanting to do that, being more introverted, wanting to stay home, really any big changes in like their personality or demeanor. Um, Changes in appetite are also another big thing. So typically in depression, whether that's major depression or regular depression, you're going to see a alteration in their diet. And that usually consists of eating a lot less. Okay. Very rarely, and I think a lot of times people misconstrue this, You people think that you're going to eat more because okay. it's a way to make yourself feel better. But right. in that in, in actuality, it's actually the opposite. Okay. So you you are typically going to be eating less. You're not going to be hungry. Um, sometimes going a whole day or some people even will go days without eating because they just, you know, they just don't feel like it. It's not something they feel like is necessary. Um, another big thing is their sleep, sleep pattern. Right. So whether that is poor sleep. So if you notice that they're not sleeping, you know, if they're frequently getting up, if they're not sleeping their normal schedules, so if they sleep six to eight and they've been sleeping like two or three, staying up till God knows what time and, you know, not sleeping at all or the opposite, sleeping a lot. Right. So if, you know, you're a wake up early, get the day going and you mm-hmm. find that they're having a really, really hard time getting up and they just want to sleep all day. Mm-hmm. That's usually not a good sign. And there are, you know, those are some of like more of your physical Mm -hmm. things that you could see, but ultimately depression comes also back to uh, how are you feeling, Mm -hmm. which is, and I know is something that's, it's almost like a loaded question. It's very, very hard to answer that question, Mm -hmm. but there are tests that you can use to find out. Um, There are um, validated test questionnaires and you could easily Google multiple different ones. Usually there's like a major depression score index um, where they'll just ask you a variety of different questions and you answer them. And at the end, you'll know your results right away. Like it's, you know, usually like a one to five, one to 10. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling about this? Do you feel any mental changes? Um, And they'll tell you at the end, like, Hey, you know, you may not be doing as good. You may need to seek help. Obviously it gives you, a little bit more straightforward answers than that, but sure. without going into yeah. all that. And and that may be your sign to do that. Like, Hey, I haven't been feeling the best. Maybe I should answer this questionnaire and get help, whether mm-hmm. that's seeing a normal PCP or going to a psychiatrist or even going to a therapist. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that a lot of workplaces usually offer free sessions right. um, or the ability to talk to someone because it is such an important topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that those are the biggest things, those really triad. And then obviously the overall mental feeling, how are you doing any big changes that mm-hmm. you feel that are ongoing? Yeah. Any, uh, recommendations for somebody that sees that in somebody, uh, how to, how to approach that person? Yeah. And that's, and, and this is where it becomes a lot tricky from, it's almost twofold, right? So you're going to have the the difficulty of the person approaching, but then you're also going to have the difficulty of the receiving end. Mm-hmm. So if you, it's always going to be best probably to come from someone 
close, mm-hmm. um, not a random stranger, not anybody that really knows you. It could be a family member, a best friend, a really close friend, wife, husband, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And just having a sit down conversation, be like, you know, I, I feel like something's not right. You've been a little bit off. Your demeanor is different. You know, you're sleeping different. Your, mm-hmm. your appetite's different. Just something doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever, you know, and if it's someone who kind of has that stigma where they don't think that it's the best, mm-hmm. it may be worth to be like, Hey, maybe you should just, you know, go see your doctor mm-hmm. and just get an overall comprehensive. And a lot of times they'll include that as part of it. And especially if you yeah. tell them, like, I just, I haven't been feeling okay. Yep. If it's someone who, you know, is going to be a little bit more receptive to mental health or things that are associated mm-hmm. with it being like, Hey, maybe you'd like to talk to a therapist or maybe even see a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say that most people are a lot more open to talking than you think, yeah. as long as it's not with you. Yeah. So if you're talking yeah. to a professional or talking to someone who doesn't know you on a personal standpoint where mm-hmm. you they feel like they're going to be judged, I feel like more people are open to it than what a lot of people perceive. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's why it's like a, you need to give them that option and let them make that choice. You can't yeah. obviously force anybody to do it, yeah. but having that professional talk to them as opposed to, you know, you or even I talking to him about it saying like, Hey, this is exactly what's going on. Because, yeah. you know, if Brian, if you reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, my daughters are struggling. Can you talk to them? Yeah. I don't feel qualified to do no, that, Exactly. but it's something that, you know, it's someone who can relate with you or maybe even discuss it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I think, and we talked about the stigma and I think as, uh, as those break down, having those conversations with people is easier, right? Um, with my, uh, with my girls and it never would happen for me when I was their age. I, I don't think at least they both have really good friend groups now where they can discuss these things openly with their friends. And you know, I think back when I was 15 or 18, I, I, I don't see that, that would have happened. So it's good to see that as, uh, you know, as those stigmas get broken down a little bit, it's uh, easier for yeah. people to, to do that. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what I say is like having that close, you know, support with friends, family, whoever it may be, a trusted colleague, mm-hmm. whoever it may be that you can talk to. And, you know, I have that, you know, I was willing to talk to friends or other people because I've, I've always been open about it. You know, obviously sharing more than others with some people depending Mm -hmm. or even doing a podcast about it, but that's, for me, it's important to share because it can help other people. Mm -hmm. And I will say you, you kind of alluded to it before, but you know, your girl struggled with it. And I will say more often than not, the percentage of women that struggle with it is a lot harder for men. And Mm -hmm. I will say, man, usually actually have a harder time admitting to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for anybody who listens to the podcast or anything like that, especially, you know, anybody who listens to it and, you know, kind of relates to what we're talking about, definitely go get the help. Yeah. And if you're a man, boy, whatever you want to call yourself, yeah. like there is nothing wrong with, you know, having mental health related issues. Mm-hmm. It's no different than having diabetes, hypertension, whatever it may be. And, mm-hmm. you know, no one's going to judge you for getting yeah. the help. 
And if yep. they do, those those aren't the right people that should be around you. I agreed. Yeah, I look, and my, my father's been uh, been gone for eighteen years, but looking back at some of the things he dealt with and he was never diagnosed. Um, but with what I, what I know now looking at kind of his life, I can see that I'm guessing there was some stuff going on there. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, not what, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, Things, uh, things that are tough to talk about. So, but uh, I can certainly. Yeah, and, and and it's and it's you know once you start to think about it and mm-hmm. look back, you're like, you know, I I see it or mm-hmm. I recognize it, and that's yeah. where for for me to anybody who's listening or really me to you, Ryan, is like, you can't feel bad about it at the end of the day because it's it's hard to recognize. Yeah. It's hard for people to see it, whether it's you or that individual, and mm-hmm. it's it's hard to admit to it. It's hard to see it. And yeah. as hard as it is to think back and see someone going through it at the end of the day, you, you can't feel guilty for yeah. it. And I would say that that's just as important as the person going through it is like, you know, that person may be getting the help now or have gotten the help or going through help in the future. And, you know, you were there at some point and you made an impact in some way. And mm-hmm. I think that's what you have to think about at the end of the day. Yeah. No, and I, I guess where I was going with that is that he was, my dad was more of that generation that largely didn't talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So for for him to have reached out and gotten help, uh, a much bigger deal than it would be for somebody now where it is more common to 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 address those things. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I totally agree. Some uh, some positive steps, I guess. Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah, as, as long as we continue in the right way. Absolutely. That's, that's what's really what matters. Yeah, I, I guess I should probably just put it out there that uh, anything we're talking about here isn't uh, meant as professional advice or help for anybody, just, uh, just having a conversation. But um, recommend any other recommendations? Uh, you have there for folks before we kind of wrap up here, uh, Eric? No, I'd, I'd say ultimately, like I said, just, you know, if you identify within yourself or someone else that you know, mm-hmm. you know, and try to reach out in a way to where they're going to be receptive and, mm-hmm. you know, or send them to someone who, you know, may relate to them. Yep. And I posted this on my Instagram and on my Facebook and I would gladly say here, you know, if there is anybody struggling reach out to me, whether that's through social media, through Instagram, through email, I can provide all of that. Um, I gladly do phone calls because I think that having a conversation is so much more important than going through an almost disconnected form of social media or texting or anything like that. And that's something like someone wants to reach out to me. I will always be receptive of that. Yeah. Uh, just for folks, uh, it's at Dalton underscore eats is uh, Eric's Instagram. Uh, you can track him down there. Uh, and also a good time to mention, and I know up here and I imagine, uh, in Houston, Texas, uh, where you are, uh, w- we've got resources here like the kids helpline, um, for people to reach out to. And I know my, my girls use the, that over, uh, at times. So, 
I'm sure there's resources like that wherever you are listening, folks. So, um, and not just for kids. Uh, I'm sure there's there are resources for adults as well. Uh, confidential, anonymous, uh, uh, where you don't necessarily have to give out all your personal details in order to talk to somebody. So, um, I'll I'll put some links and uh, phone numbers in the show notes uh, if you're listening to this. Um, but please. Uh, you know, those resources are there for folks to use. So, Absolutely. And then I, I mentioned email. If you if you go through my Instagram page, there's actually an email button. You Perfect. can contact me that way too. Awesome. Awesome. Anything else before we uh, we wrap up there, Eric? No, no, no I think that kind of covers it. You know, all right. we, I think we kind of discussed it all. Yeah. Like, like I said, just, you know, reach out and talk to people. That's the yeah. most important thing. Well, Eric, uh, I said it earlier. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story, for doing this, uh, for being open about it. Uh, it's, uh, of course. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to see. And, you know, the more people do that, the, the easier it is for others to open up. So thank you. I agree. Of course. You're welcome. Awesome, Eric. Uh, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon, my man. Uh, I think the uh, interesting the turn. I think the last time you were on, we, we talked about getting you back on to talk bourbon, and we'll maybe... Uh, We'll still do that down the road here, but uh, in the meantime, Absolutely. in the meantime, uh, take care of yourself. I know you got some some cooler. We'll call it cooler, not cold. <laughs> <laughs> cooler weather happening down there right now, yes. so uh, stay warm yeah. and take care of yourself. Absolutely, thank you. Thanks, Eric. You are listening to Canada's longest running barbecue podcast, and it is time now for some barbecue news brought to you by the Barrel Boss Q, a family owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta, and the manufacturer of the original Canadian drum smoker. Whether it's in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly, Troy, and the Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients showcase their cooking talents, to slow down a bit, and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry level all the way to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the charcoal drum smokers and accessories you need to be the barbecue boss of your block or maybe get a walk at the next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be part of their customers' barbecue journeys. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram and visit them online at BarrelBossQ.ca. BarrelBoss, the letter Q, dot C-A. To see the whole lineup and tell them you heard about them on the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. Let's talk a little competition barbecue this week. The San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo Cook-Off was held this past weekend and some friends of the show had some great results. Janice from the two-time Canadian Team of the Year Smell-A-Q was in San Antonio for the competition. And she brought along Rob Reinhardt from Prairie Smoke and Spice to cook with her. Rob made the final table in the state competition, and Smell-A-Q finished the competition in 14th place out of 299 teams. This is the second largest sanctioned barbecue contest in the U.S. and the world. When the smoke cleared, Fred Robles and the Rio Valley Meat barbecue team were named Grand Champions. And after a judging error was noticed, our friend Bill Purvis and Chicken Fried Barbecue were named RGC a few days later on Tuesday. Congrats to those uh, former guests of the show and to all who heard their names called in San Antonio. It is still winter, but the Canadian competition season is just around the corner. Our team had a planning meeting this past Friday, and I'm excited for what the coming year will bring for us. More on that later, though. 
I checked out the KCBS events page, and there are now two events listed for Alberta. There is a brand new event scheduled for June 3rd to the 5th in Bizano. It's the Small Town Smokedown. And then July 23rd and 24th, Smoke, Wind & Fire is back on in Lethbridge. Not up on the site yet, but Porkapalooza in Edmonton is set to go on May 28th and 29th. And with the Didsbury event planned for August and Barbecue on the Bow here in Calgary in September, it is looking like we'll have five sanctioned competitions here in Alberta this year. Out east in Nova Scotia, the Atlantic Canada Championship Barbecue Festival is planned for August 13th and 14th. What events are you all excited for this coming competition season? Hit me up in the comments or email me at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com to let me know. In one other bit of news, one of my favorite Calgary barbecue spots is up for sale. Patty's Barbecue and Brewery owners, Jordan and Carrie, are ready to sail off into retirement and they have the business available. This is a great opportunity for someone to step into an existing business with all the smokers and brewing equipment included. Reach out to them for more details if anyone is interested. Coming up next week on the podcast, we head back down to Texas for the second week in a row to visit with Travis Weaver, the man behind the barbecue rubdown products and also Man Ready Mercantile retail stores in Houston and Austin. Friends, you can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at www.albertabbqtrail.ca where you can check out the listing of barbecue joints here in Alberta and then get out there and show them your support. If you're elsewhere, get out to your local barbecue joint and show them some love. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week and keep on smoking. Mm-hmm.